Support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at AmplifyPDX.com. From ThatCast Creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. Here we are, almost end of January, and it's already flying by like it did last year. So uh, I'm excited to have my next guest on, and I, gosh, it's been a couple years ago now. Uh, I live out in the west side, out here in Tigard, and it's kind of driving through my neighborhood and, and saw some signs, um, kind of right after each other. And then they're all in neighbor's yards. One said, don't give up. Next one, you matter. I think the next one, you're worthy of love. And they had nothing, no branding, just black with white lettering. And it kind of, you know, sparked interest, but also made you feel a little better. Um, that is called the Don't Give Up Movement, I believe. And our the founder of that, Amy Wolf, is here with us today. Welcome, Amy. Hey, everybody. So, you know, again, I think people maybe if they're especially in this in Portland Metro, maybe seen these signs. Can you just give a little uh, history and kind of about the, the origin story of, of these? Sure. I have born, well, not born, almost born and raised, <laughs> mostly raised <laughs> in Oregon, definitely the Pacific Northwest. In 2017, here in Newburgh, where I've grown up, there was a string of suicides, including many in our schools. And I remember sitting with a group of friends, hearing about the statistic of how many, and I was floored. I just couldn't believe how much pain and suffering was around me. That it just feels invisible until it's not. Mm -hmm. And I'm a doer. <laughs> Those who know me personally know I just, what are we going to do about it? And everyone's in the room. What do you mean? We're, what are we going to do about it? I wasn't qualified. I don't personally suffer, suffer from mental illness or self-harm ideation, but I thought I have to do something. I can't do nothing. I had this crazy, stupid idea of yard signs for years. And I thought, I'm just going to do them. I called a friend. She printed me 20 yard signs with messages like you mentioned, don't give up. You're worthy of love. And we stuck them out anonymously in our town, knocked on doors, asked permission. Once they saw there was no branding, no website, they said, yeah. yes, we want to spread some hope and love too. And that was the beginning of what would become a global movement in 18 months. We were had product in 50 states and 26 countries, translating several different oh. languages, dozens of kinds of products, and we sell it all at cost. We don't want to make money. We want love and hope to feel tangible. Yeah, thanks for, you know, kind of going back about the story, how it started. And, you know, going back to that moment of just like knocking on neighbors' doors you said, you know, people are receptive to it um, and how it's grown. Let's kind of focus on locally first when you got beyond your neighbors putting these <laughs> and people actually going the side and buying them. And you've seen them other people's other parts of town that people you didn't know. I mean, what was your kind of like, hey, you know, reaction to that? I, well, I it's guess. still I mean, shocking. It's still shocking. Yeah. I have 
people send me pictures of, we call them spottings in the wild. Oh my gosh, I just drove past your sign. <laughs> I think most of the yeah. time those messages come to me like, I saw one in Texas. I saw one in Illinois. I saw one in Anchorage, Alaska, because it's so shocking. They're so far away from home. But I see them mm -hmm. driving around here in Oregon too. I think it's still shocking. You know, there's, I, it's so cliche. They're so simple. They're so cliche. It almost makes me want to gag a bit. And yet... I have sat front row for the last four years, five years, seeing how simple hope on a sign is meeting people in a moment, in a place, in a season of life where they needed their hope stirred. And something about right. our science does that. Yeah. I mean, to drill down a little bit, what have you seen like someone's reaction to it and that that knowing that they don't know it's you who started this or because I think, you know, I've talked about it with my neighbors, my friends, and we each ha have kind of a different take on it. And I'm just curious, what does it mean to different groups of people, different? People sure. Well, I am, I think I'm pretty much known as a sign lady. I think everyone, Newburgh's small enough. I think most people figured <laughs> right. out. I do remember being at, in line at the bank drive through one day and I have bumper sticker, car decal. We sell those. And a lady rolled down her window and said, are you the sign lady? It's like, yes. And she said, thank you. So uh, I think what the stories that are the most touching to me are the ones that come in anonymously through our Instagram account or in our email for the nonprofit of how people encountered them at just the right place at just the right time. So I remember uh, eating disorder dietitian came through Newburgh, saw the signs, Googled what was happening and said, my community in Texas needs this. Uh, one gentleman in Newburgh was struggling with his health, had a heart attack. It was pretty severe. He was pretty young and he had to start getting active. And he said, these signs started popping up. You matter. Your mistakes don't define you. And he he asked his friends at work, who put these out for me? And they said, we didn't do it. <laughs> and and yeah, right. people, people fighting addiction and seeing a sign at the right place at the right time. So addiction and divorce and mental illness and losing jobs and unemployment, suddenly the stories started coming out of nowhere yeah. of why it mattered to people. And the stories were so diverse. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of struck me um, of talking to people about them. I know it's, I think no matter what you're going through in life, like I know it started with, you know, folks maybe the, the self-harm and, you know, the suicide rates, and so, but I, I think it hits people no matter where they are and what they're doing. And it's that simple thing. And I, I think that's, uh, it's kind of amazing. It's like something as simple, especially if we kind of fast forward a little bit through everything we've collectively gone through. Sure. I'm curious to see, and you've kept it going. Like just to keep it going is I'm sure a feat <laughs> well, in it, itself, it was, right? It was kind of a funny thought because, I mean, I have a friend, Vanjie, and I remember calling her a week into these signs going, Vanjie, people want to buy these. Like I, I had to make a public post saying, Hey, it was our family. If you want to order some contact me and it blew up. Is this a business? Is this a nonprofit? Is this a movement? It, we had to figure it out. We were starting to collect people's money that felt weird. So eventually yeah. we did become a 501c3 because people were writing us donations and I felt like they deserved mm. a legal entity to do that too, even mm. though they were sending it to us without it. But I, I remember having to make a decision about what, what is this? And so yeah, it evolved. It's still shocking. Uh, and, and 
And I think you're right. I think there's a simplicity in it where um, anyone anywhere can see it and take it for what it means to them. I remember uh, there is a Portland group on Reddit, which it, I try not to go on Reddit too much. It is a time sucker, <laughs> but I thought it was so funny. So it was about a year ago and maybe it was one of your listeners. Who knows? It was a gentleman in Portland who said, a, while, a couple months ago, I was driving around and along this busy street, there was a sign and it said, don't give up. And I thought it was the stupidest, cheesiest sign ever. I rolled my eyes every time I drove by. A couple months later, he goes through a breakup and it's significant and he can't get out of bed. He doesn't want to get out of the house. He's waking up alone for the first time in a long time and he's feeling pretty sad. So he pulls himself out of the house to go to the grocery store to get food. And he's driving by and he sees that same stupid sign and he has to pull over on the side of the road and he's weeping in his car mm -hmm. because it said you are worthy of love. Don't give up. And it is what he needed to hear. And there was no one around to tell him. So here yeah. one minute it's, oh my gosh, roll your eyes. And the next minute it's like soul nourishing. What does it mean to you now you're five years into this? I mean, it's evolved, I assume. So what does it, what does it mean to you? Yeah, it means every Friday I show up and I put together orders and packages and ship them all over the country. So I'm still very much operationally part of things. Uh, yeah. It means I get to hold space for people's pain. We get a lot of emails from people going through very difficult seasons of life. And yeah. when I was 14, I went through a traumatic experience witnessing the death of my brother. And it has enabled me to be unafraid of pain. So when those emails come, I can sit with them and hit reply and offer empathy and solidarity at times and a listening ear. So it means I get to do that. It means a lot of purpose in my life. It means I am leaving a legacy, which mm -hmm. is of generous kindness of you know, my kids are watching this movement grow too, and they're a part of it and they're learning the small things matter. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? They hear the stories. So it means a lot of things to me. It means a lot of things to my family. So, I mean, backing up to this as like a professional, you know, you, I think you run a marketing uh, firm. We're also stretched. We're also, you know, to take this on, like when you, uh, decided like, okay, I'm going to make this a 501 C and you know, every Friday I see in your background, you got all the, 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 the merch and all the stuff you're, you're going to ship out. Um, it, you know, was there a moment where you're like, it's, uh, geez, do I want to, do I want to continue this at this <laughs> yeah, scale? That's and I'm fair. Just, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of us right now. We you probably identify with me and a lot of our, our listeners who are business folks. We, we take on too much. Mm -hmm. And so I, I I think just trying to balance that with something that what's inspiring about your story, it's, it's very purposeful, right? So I'm sure you had to maybe make room for it in your life and get rid of some other things. Oh yeah. Weren't as purposeful. Totally. I am a young mom. I have currently, I have an eight and 11 year old daughter. So fast, you know, rewind five years ago, they were real young <laughs> and I yeah. own a, not a marketing firm, but a speaker coaching company. So we okay. get hired by companies to provide speaker coaching for their sales teams or as professional development opportunities. And so that's a gig that I've done for a long time. I own the business with my father 
and so I was definitely wearing multiple hats. It was I was not out to start something, but it felt like it chose me. It it grew so yeah. significantly that you know we I just decided I'm not going to make it a thing. But if it continues to spread, I'll keep blowing the wind in its sails. I'll, I'll and it hasn't yeah. stopped. But it is a juggle, and yeah. we do have to protect our margin. I personally just started. Uh, a couple of years ago, started trying to practice this Shabbat, the Jewish tradition of like a restful day of no emails, no packaging, no social media. So mm. I've had to develop a practice of rest because all the margins seem to be full and I have to protect me and my family. So that is a practice I had to had to start to integrate into our routine but then on top of it, you know, I, gosh, in May 2019, we went viral. Things picked up significantly. It was manageable until it wasn't. So I had to get volunteers. <laughs> I had to get volunteers to train them. We had to move all this merch out of my house. So there were scaling things that we had to address. I couldn't be the only person doing it anymore. Then a literary agent reached out and said, hi, I'm from New York. Do you want to write a book? Saw you in the Washington Post. And I was like, Sure. So then there's two years of book writing and publishing, and that's a whole new world. And then the speaking gigs and the podcasts. So it really is, it, it feels like a second gig, but it's so yeah. deeply meaningful. And I've integrated mm -hmm. those restful practices. It's working so far. Um, and tell me about the book, because I did see it on your site. It is sure. out, right? It is out. It launched during COVID, which is no fun as a professional speaker. And having a book and wanting to travel and speak about it, it is no fun to launch a book during COVID, but it is called yeah. Signs of Hope. And it is a collection of stories about the power of hope. And I told you, I hate, I hate to be cliche and I hate to be cheesy, but the book is actually a little bit confrontational. There's a chapter in there about spreading love, but do we only spread love to the people who are like us, who vote like us, who talk like us, think like us, believe like us, look like us. So the book is a really a comprehensive look is what is it like to show up in the world? What does it look like to have our own wounds and not wait till we're perfect to offer goodness around us? What does it look like to accept hope and love from other people and not just be the giver? Uh, it's a little bit of my life story and how pain was a clarifying thing in my life to make me feel driven. So it, it just explores a lot of heavier topics and it is a collection of stories of people doing good things. A lot of Oregon stories yeah. in there. And I know it's hard to have, a, like I said, during COVID and, you know, promoting in a different way, obviously, like um, not yeah. traveling maybe as you're used to. But it's also, I think, a great time because I think a lot, you know, not to like be a headline uh, reader, but the, the great resignation, a lot of people are going through a lot of self-reflection and taking the time to kind of, again, reflect on some of these things and some of these theme themes, it seems like you, you wrote about in your book, which I haven't read yet. Yeah. What What matters? How, you know, at 14 years old, it was very keen to me. I don't know how many years I have. My brother had 18. Maybe I only have four more. So because of that awful but clear vision, the fr fragility of life, it made me show up. I'm going to make every day count. So when you say, what does this movement do for you? And I say a leg legacy, that's super important to me that I'm not just trying to achieve the American dream and get at the bigger house and have a more consistent paycheck. I want to do something bigger than myself. And I wonder if some of the transition over the last year and the disruption the last couple of years 
that people are starting to reevaluate what matters. What do I do with my life? Is it just about me? Is it about me being comfortable or is it something bigger? I hope the answer is yes. And both Mm -hmm. and yes, you and bigger. Uh, Well, absolutely. I mean, in my world, I, I, you know, I get the privilege of working with a lot of uh, executives and, and business folks. And a lot of them I talk to, they're, they're like, you know, I'm out. You know, and they're my really? 50, 48, 49. It's like, you know, wow. You know, life is short. And so there's a lot of stress and pressure. And I'm not saying that's the way to go, just so you <laughs> but I think it's, you know, you get on this, the hit on a treadmill, as people call it. And I think it's a good reflection point. So, what, what's kind of next? What, what do you envision this turn into more? What, what's, uh, if it can, or what, what's your kind of thoughts for that? I have never really known how to answer this question about the movement because we have always reacted to what people want. We weren't pushing a movement. We didn't try to start a movement and we're scaling as people want more. So I, it's hard for me to look forward too far. I really don't know. I can tell you this much. I want more billboards. So we, we've done one in Oregon in partnership with a mental health clinic who sponsored it and agreed not to put any logos on it. So it just said, you matter in central Oregon. I would love to do more of those. Mm. I want our message on a hot air balloon somewhere. So if you got some connections and you're listening to this podcast, I just think it'd be the coolest thing to have affirming words up in the sky. Uh, so that would be awesome. Mm. I think I am. I am having more opportunities to speak about the movement, some really cool events in Oregon happening this summer that hopefully happen. I'm doing my TED talk about the movement and about a certain Mm. aspect of hope that's going to happen on the TEDx Portland stage Memorial Day weekend this year at the Moda Center. So if you guys are listening and haven't picked up your TEDx Portland tickets, you need to at Ticketmaster. It's going to be, we're going to do it safely, but it is going to be a collective experience to regenerate our hope and our joy and our collaboration and innovation. So that's a big thing too. Yeah. I mean, for people who've never been to TEDx Portland, uh, it's recognized as one of the best TED events in the world. That's right. Um, It'll be the largest. This year is going to be the largest in the world. That's and I think that's a big uh, signal to kind of the community to this flagship event. We're back, kind of thing too. So that's super exciting. Um, uh, that's I'm looking forward to going. And obviously, you know, you put out some great videos whenever you know after the event too. So yeah, very very cool, Amy. Um, so where, where can folks learn more about you know the movement or you or or help or, or you know if you're looking for that. Sure. You can find us on Instagram handle or Facebook handle, Don't Give Up Signs. And you can find us on our website. You can peruse through our products. Like I said, we don't make any money. It's 33% chance I'm the one writing the card in your package and product when it gets (laughs) shipped out. You can go to don'tgiveupsigns.com. You can learn a little bit more about me there. You can find the book Signs of Hope anywhere books are sold. Amazon or a local, hopefully a local bookshop. Well, Amy, thanks so much for uh, spending time to do this. And, you know, it's just for my family, my wife and I, we talk about them all the time. We see them quite a bit in our neighborhood and it's important to us. So I just, you know, thanks for again, mm-hmm. sh- sharing your story. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I think the most appropriate thing to end with is if anyone's listening, it's just a bummer day or a bummer season. Three words for you all as we close up. 
don't give up. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.